It's that music again. That's what tells you that it is Stay in the Loop with Lucy. And if you haven't joined us before, this is a show that on a Sunday morning covers health and well-being through connection to people. People in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their decision-making and consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Today's show is a welcome back to the dynamic Year 11 Mount St. Benedict Future Problem Solving Team who are about to head to the International Future Problem Solving Conference in Wisconsin, USA. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. These Year 11 girls came in last year at the start of their project to tell us about the education they feel is vital for adults in the age group of 14 to 18 and their parents around safe partying, alcohol and social media. The team consists of Desana Barker, Lara Bryant, Claire Dean, Lily O'Brien, Jessica Tan and in the studio with me today I have Tanae Arthur, Natalia Bennett and Jessica Curran. Welcome. Thank you. Now, obviously, we can say to everyone, you know what, go back and listen to the other show. It was truly awesome. However, for those who want to be brought up to speed, and we must never leave them, you know, feeling like they've missed out on something, can you tell me a little bit about what future problem solving is? as part of your project at school and um, a, a short snapshot of what your project is aiming to do. Tanae, go for I'll it. I'll go. Um, so basically what Future Problem Solving is, is it's a competition and it's a global competition so people from around the world can participate in it. And um, we're in the Community Problem Solving Division of Future Problem Solving, which basically means that we have to find a problem that we think is an issue in our community and then work on ways that we can solve this issue. And so basically what we've chosen is um, safe partying and making good decisions. So um, basically how alcohol and drugs are prevalent at parties and what... Um, what you can do to make sure that you make good decisions when you're using it and what you can do if something goes wrong as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, in no. regards to that, um, we have two tiers, one for the students uh, or adolescents and one for the parents. So for the teenagers, it's mostly the use of social media whilst at these parties. And for parents, it's actually being comfortable hosting a safe party because whereas many parents wouldn't, they'd just be like, sorry, no party. Natalia, I am in that camp. Yeah. <laughs> no party, three teenagers, still no party. Because I see what happens at the parties and I'm not comfortable with taking the chance. It's not necessarily that I don't trust my children, although there is an element of not wanting to put them into that position. But I, I think what you're offering here is gold to parents to give them the 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 um, tools to feel comfortable with opening their home to you know, they're children's friends and you want to be able to do it, uh, but you want to be able to do it safely. Yes, it's very important. That very cool. Safely, yeah. And what problems did you encounter? Because, of course, you're talking about topics that schools find difficult to talk about because 
you know, we, we obviously don't want to think that, it, you know, that it would be an issue with the girls in our school and parents like me don't want to think it's an issue with my children. Um, we want, you know, there's, there's a whole load of anxiety that comes up with that education around those areas. What, what problems did you encounter initially? Um, I feel like one of our major problems was um, that the topic's like quite sensitive and it's got it concerns like legal and personal matters and a lot of people don't want to talk about that mm. and that was kind of a major issue that caused a lot of problems as well with organising to um, carry out initiatives or um, take actions, um, especially when we were talking to like the PNF at our school. Mm. At first for we were trying to contact them for a long time and they didn't want to like kind of be a part of it because they had what they were doing and they wanted to do that. But um, once we did end up talking to them, they were very supportive of our project and they wanted us to continue it and, um, yeah. So credit there, Tanae, to the PNF for, I mean, one, it would be great if if these organisations didn't feel confronted um, by other people, and and your your snapshot of your community and your school is no different to, you know, my experience of running community events out in the community is that the initial response by by some people who have a picture of what they they know they've they've worked out their plan they've thought about it they've considered it it's there's a good plan, but when someone comes along with another plan that they they're worried that it might. Um, uh, change what they're going to do and they've they finally got their plan you know so it's no different and that's what I love about the fact that you're doing something that is community based is that you're, you're learning through your school and the dynamics of your school exactly what happens out in the larger community so this project is life skill building yeah, yeah it is yeah, That's very cool. cool. Now, why is social media an issue in relation to alcohol, drugs and parties? Well, in regards to social media, we look at things like the use of Snapchat maps or like Facebook invitations because it opens up the chance of gate crashes coming to the party. If people have their Snapchat maps open and their location is on, yes. people can see like where, where this are. person are, like is at this spe- like specific time, which yeah. is actually quite scary when you mm. think about it. So we're looking at stuff like turning it off, like especially when you're at a party because mm. many people will be there and people will be like, oh, I wasn't invited, let's go. Yeah, which absolutely. Is, which is incredibly dangerous. And so we've also looked like Facebook invites as well and um, making them actually private so people can't invite other people and can't share it with others or even just giving out like a paper invitation instead. So Natalia, tell me about that. With um, a Facebook invite that's private, yeah. what's, what is the difference between a Facebook invite where you're inviting specific people? Can they still send that on to someone else? They shouldn't be able to, ah. but like again, they can still take a screenshot and send it to others. Yeah. Like, it's the safest way would be handing it out um, via paper. Yeah, absolutely. But people love social media these days. I know. So Good old paper and yeah. pen. Our aim is obviously to promote like the safe use of it. So that because is that's saying. our reality, yes. isn't it? There's no point one in saying, I remember that was one of the key things that came out of the last episode was there's no point in saying that teenagers aren't going to go to parties, they're not going to use social media and they're not going to drink alcohol. And you, as much as... 
actually i i really really hope that people understand or that teenagers understand the consequence of trying alcohol young on the brain it is a fact that that the majority i think according to the statistics it's something like 83 percent have tried it have you got those statistics jessica i think it's 78 percent. 78 percent. i mean that's huge it is massive so there's no point in pretending that that, that they're not going to try it so then it's, yeah exactly and eight percent of those have done so at like extremely dangerous levels as well yeah eight so. yeah. percent and uh, the top three ways for adolescence for for teenage death is has alcohol related yeah yeah exactly I, yeah. you know that i love the fact that you've looked at the community you've looked at the statistics and you've come up with something that's just um that's really relevant to us. Mm-hmm. Any more statistics around the topics that you've covered? I think one of the most um, uh, kind of alarming facts was that that we found was that parents were the biggest supplier of alcohol to underage teens. So I think that was a big part of what made us like look at parents as well as students. <laughs> yes. Today, it is extraordinary, isn't it, that they and and when alcohol's a drug, that makes parents the biggest drug pushers. Which yeah. mm. you know, whenever I say that, I run parenting groups all the time. Whenever I say that, they're like horrified. But the fact is, your child's brain has not developed, and you're saying, "I much I, very often." In fact, I won't give, I won't plant a seed. What when you talk to parents about it, do they ever say why they do that? Um, I think often it's because they want to do it in a safe environment and that they think that it's better for their children if they're um, giving them alcohol for the first time in a safe environment to make sure that they're not using it um, in a dangerous way or in a risky way. But I think research has actually proven in the opposite, so mm. it doesn't actually work like that. Yeah, I've been catching up this morning with the Year 11 Mount St. Benedict College Future Problem Solving Team who are about to head to the International Future Problem Solving Conference in Wisconsin, USA. I'm just catching up with them about the people who specialised in this area and how how they influenced them. Now, um, maybe Jessica, can you tell me who you met up with? And then we'll maybe go into the detail of, say, some of them and, and, and the specific areas that they influenced you. Yep. So we've met up with um, Paul Dillon from DADA, so Drug and Alcohol Research Training. And um, we've also met up with the police liaison officer for Hornsby. Um, Linda Hart. Yeah, yeah. Linda Hart. Um, we have been to the Mental Health Youth Forum and we've... We met with Matt Keane, who um, helped run it. Um, and, yeah, we got to listen to a lot of people that have lived through experiences like that. When you met Paul Dillon, uh, I mean, I know you got to open something for him that your school and another school were, were at as one of his projects, which I can imagine was extraordinary because he's fantastic at making it so relatable and he, he, he builds the bridge between the way he talks to the students and the way he talks to the parents so well. Uh, I remember the, the tumbleweed moment when he said, you know, you just got to remember that the part of the brain it's affecting is the part of the brain that's memory. And you could see all these year 12 kids going, to young adults going, 
ooh, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that the binge drinking is like, oh, okay, it's pruning all my memory, the memory yeah, part of my yeah. brain. So what did, what did picture did you have and did you change any of your project as a result of working with him? Um, it was definitely like quite informative to actually hear from him. Like we got a few statistics from him, even when he spoke to our school and Maris Eastwood, which was the other school. We learned um quite a bit more information that we like didn't necessarily know before. Yes. So we've actually incorporated that into our safe party kit, which we're hoping to distribute as well. Great. So yeah. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the safe party kit. Um, Tanae, how what did you learn from Linda Hart? Um, she was really helpful in telling us about um, like experiences that people have had and what she's done to like help with that. And she kind of gave us some tips like in relation to that as well to make sure um, that we know the consequences yes. of your yes. decisions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, having been to a couple of Linda Hart's presentations, what she does so fantastically well is saying, you know, it's always your choice. Like there's no, there's no person, well, unless you're in a seriously dodgy situation where someone's got your mouth open and they're literally pouring the alcohol down your neck. It's, it's your hand that puts it in your mouth or it's you, it's you that take yourself to the party. There might have been some colluding going on to how you're going to get the alcohol into the party if it's no alcohol party. I mean, there's, there are so many steps that lead up to that. But I also love how she shares that the police are there to support you and that if you get into trouble they are there to support you, not punish you. Yes, exactly. And I remember when she was there, one of the things that she said to us was about um, the police website where you can register your party and people, a lot of people don't do it because they think that they're going to get in trouble, but it's more to just make sure that if something does happen, that they're there to help with that and not, yeah... They can make sure they've got enough resources on, can't they, Natalia? They can make sure they've got enough police on and that they're just there in case they get a phone call and it gets out of hand. Yeah, exactly. Even if um, neighbours are calling about noise complaint, the police can say, look, we know about this party, the music is going to be turned off at this time. Yes. And they can actually assist with that and help out. Communication yeah. and information. Yeah. You know, when we all know what's going on, there's more understanding, isn't mm. there? Yeah. And we even, like, learnt with Paul Dillon, people, like... Sh- adolescents are like less likely to call the ambulance because they think the police is going to come and get them in trouble as well Mm. and we learned that this isn't the case like the ambulance is there to help and so that's also what we want to promote like they're there to help you not get you in trouble so it's important to contact those like information and you know emergency services if in need and there isn't a lot of time when someone has alcohol poisoning between being okay and really not being okay at all and fitting we learned from paul dylan like the signs of this as well and how to actually help out your friend and know when to call that's that's good maybe we could talk about that a little later is it in your safe party pack as well um, yeah, we've got a bit of... The signs and symptoms. Okay, yeah. let's let's uh, cover that a little bit later because that would be really fantastic. Um, now, you went, you've been to a couple of events. One of them was the Mental Health Youth Forum and the other one was the Harris Park Youth Service. Um, let's start with the Mental Health Youth Forum. That was hosted by Matt Keane and you got an opportunity to talk to him. But what were the highlights of that for you uh, Jessica, you went, didn't you? Yeah. So um, basically we learnt that um, people that have are struggling with mental health often, um, you know, they 
are more likely to make like poorer decisions when partying. And um, we learnt that a lot of people self-medicate themselves because they don't want to speak up about you know the issue and get help from actual professionals. Yes. So, yeah. Do you think that we um, struggle with asking for help and that actually the self-medicating happens far more than the putting the hand up and saying, look, I've got an issue and I'm not dealing with it very well? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case, yeah. I've noticed as well that we, I mean, on that panel, um, so we had a Q&A session during the Mental Health Youth Forum and we had two psychologists. And what I really loved about having two is to show that different psychologists, different school counsellors, they bring different flavours and sometimes the flavour that one person brings, they don't quite get you, you don't quite gel, but that's the same in life. You know, you're not going to, everybody isn't going to kind of get the, the nuance of what you're bringing or the understanding to understand why you made the decisions you made. So it is, what was good was showing that, you know, there are different ways of approaching the same question because I think at some point all five or all six actually contributed an answer to one person's question. Yeah, it was really good because each person had their own experience and they were each able to give it from like, like the police officer was able to give it from a legal perspective mm. and say like people aren't going to get in trouble, they're just here to help and then the psychologists were able to kind of give a reasoning behind why people yeah yeah fabulous one thing I've noticed with them um, police and going to parties because I work with them quite a bit is that they say that the hardest thing when they go to a party that they've been called to is the alcohol makes people aggressive immediately to them when they actually have just turned up so already there's a, a heightened state of aggression which does yeah. actually them without the alcohol that that aggression isn't there and you know good to know hey um what about uh did when you were going to the out of home care group in harris park what did 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 anybody did you all three go to that yes yeah. all three of us went so we basically learned that um they're there for young people mm -hmm. they're encouraging people to come and talk and um like yeah there's a group there and they like share their own experiences we weren't able to sit in because it is quite personal absolutely and we didn't want to intrude on that yep. we wanted them to have a safe space yeah and that's exactly what it is it's a safe space so they can talk and they can share their own experiences and so that they can actually like maybe like not drink as much or like even with the drugs, like they're helping them with that as well if they have an addiction. Did you find out more than you knew before? Did it increase your awareness, therefore, about why teenagers use um, alcohol or drugs? I think it's a lot to do with peer pressure. Mm -hmm. like if their like, peers are doing it, like they might think they need to do it as well. So we've like learned how to kind of combat that as well. Great. Like saying like no so like, I can't like I don't want to do it like, yeah that kind of thing like having the confidence to tell people no I don't want to does well. it I, I know that we very often we don't like to stand out I think adults yeah. are exactly the same but if you see someone stand out does it give you more confidence to go all right I can I you know I could stand with them 
I mean, people generally follow the crowd. So yes. if one person does, then another and another will. Yeah. So it's very important that one know, person does. has the yes. courage. Yeah. That was my last song, Brave. Do it. <laughs> stand up. We've got we've got to be able to be the be the change we want to see, haven't yeah. we? And be prepared to stand up because you never know who who you're going to give it confidence to. Mm. Exactly. Um, was there a balance in your project between the alcohol awareness e- and education and the social media awareness and education? Was one more called for than the other? Um, I think we started off just doing like alcohol and drugs, but then we realised that um, social media was like a big part of like, um, like it can contribute a lot to why people do it. School was very, like, they were actually, like, very helpful with ours, like, our project. And, like, we wanted to send a survey, but obviously that's very personal. Yes. And so, um, like, they were very helpful, but they said, like, look, that might not be the best idea. So we're like, okay, so how can we, like, then target students? So we're like, okay, so adults will do maybe, like, how to host a safe party and that kind of thing. And then we'll have a safe party kit as well for students, which we'll, you know, obviously do outside of school and spread to the wider community as well. And then for the teenagers, social media, Hmm. which is, yeah, again, a very important aspect of, you know, being safer parties and hosting a safe party. I don't think people necessarily understand that actually asking teenagers questions uh, that there is a whole load of ethics that you need to go to to make sure that you can and that you know making them anonymous is the best way to do it because it some people won't want to disclose that there is anything going on but equally again if we don't put those surveys out there we will turn a blind eye and then it will be putting a plaster effect we're trying to rather than a prevention model yeah i think with what we found is that because with children alcohol's a very sensitive topic because of the legal implications. So we found we've focused a little bit more on social media directed at them and then we've directed the alcohol at the parents so that they can understand, like, because they're one of the biggest suppliers of alcohol to children. Like, we try and combat the parents not supplying and not... Mm. Yeah. And I think as well, people are more willing to listen to um, conversations about like social media and the safety of social media than about um, alcohol and drugs because of like the like the legal um, implications and the personal um, things that surround that. Yeah, the personal responsibility, accountability, and knowing that we've done it, and the the sort of that that shame that comes up, saying, "Well, I've done that. I've thought that was the best way to go." This morning, my guests in the studio are the Mount St. Benedict College future problem-solving team from year 11. They have done so well in this competition. They are about to head to the International Future Problem-Solving Conference in Wisconsin, USA in two weeks, just under two, well, two weeks Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, it's really close. It is really exciting. Which are the two teachers that are taking you? Um, So uh, our coach for the... Um, project Mrs. Lovarini is actually not coming, but Mrs. Durex and Mrs. Rastagorak are coming. Now, what sort of resources have you designed to give out as part of this project? Um, so we've created a safe party kit, which includes a checklist about how to um, host a safe party. And we've got um, information about all the different um, social medias that like a lot of 
our age group users and within the social yeah. media section is that telling you what you need to look out for what you yeah. can do with it it's mostly focusing on the dangers associated with using social media and partying okay so like um the snap match maps feature which um they like, make it look so cool yeah. though don't they all these fun characters yeah. and you can see when they're on the train cause they're going up and down and you do not think about how dangerous that might be that you might actually not want someone to know where you're you're going yeah. and it's someone of your own age group it's not necessarily a parent it's not about parents this is about you yeah, know exactly. issues that may happen yeah. between boys and girls between girls and girls anything yeah so um it just highlights you know the fact that people can find out your location through using social media yeah. and that can lead to like gate crashes at parties and stuff. So we've um, talked about how to um, combat that. And then we talk about um, like legal tips to remember when hosting a party. Yes. Um, what to do when the party comes uncontrollable. So if there's gate crashes, alcohol related violence. Yeah. Um, the hard thing is it's your worst nightmare, isn't it, when it gets out of control? I mean, this yeah. is your party. You want it to be fun. You want it to be memorable. And when other people come in and decide it's, you know, that it's their opportunity to, you know, have fun in their eyes, which is causing chaos. Because some people do find causing chaos fun, mm. you know. There's not my idea of fun, but it is their idea yeah. of fun. And you kind of have to just go, okay, so... And and you give advice on what to do with that and the yeah. importance, I suspect, of of moving quite quickly, not not waiting to see if you can deal with it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about um, registering your party on my night, which mm -hmm. um, so like the police can get involved as quick as possible if there is an issue and it's become uncontrollable. And then um, I think because. The police are more understanding that you haven't intended for this to... Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, when you do all the right steps up front, you have a foundation that the police coming in go, I know the intention of this party. It's not like a last minute. It has been planned. It has been organised. They have had no intention to have mm. alcohol there. So there is, there is a foundation of understanding immediately, yeah. isn't there? As yeah. well as part of that, we have um, we do have the checklist as well. So if you are um, hosting a party, it basically goes through all the steps that you should go through before you um, host the party to make sure that it's, well, as good as it can yeah. be. And well said, Tane. And another aspect of this is we're actually planning on making a video. <laughs> it's going to um, basically, you know, visually show, you know, how to be safe at parties, you know, things like... Um, social media again and you know just generally being safe making wise decisions and this is the book that you've got in front of you isn't it yeah it's it's um colorful it's you've really thought about the design so it's not just actually the facts that you've had to consider with this project you've had to consider how to make it interesting to people who are reading it and relevant and eye-catching yeah we've had to try and um make it relevant to the parents because what we've found is um, there's a lot of resources for children under 18 but not a lot for parents, you know, trying to help their children. So this kind of tries to... Um, Breach yeah, that? Breach the parents. And where can we get hold of it? Um, well, we've, tried, we've sent some out to some schools 
and um, we're waiting on a response for them to see whether they're going to distribute them. And then the Epping YMCA has, um, they're going to look at this today and they are deciding whether they want to help distribute it. And Great. we've made contact with Hornsby Library and they're considering distributing Fabulous. Well. well, if you've got a PDF copy of it, I'll stick it on my website and then people can download it from there. Yeah, and, um, I, you Thanks. know, it, to me, it's a, I, it, it's a logical thing. I know a lot of the parents mm. on the programs that I, uh, that I run would be interested. And so I'll, if you're happy, I'll just put yeah. it as a resource and yeah, then they can download it. Good. Yeah. With a survey, you did actually manage to do a survey, didn't you? Um, it was to like various other kind of schools and stuff. So yes. that was very interesting to kind of see about as well. Just the kind of like things we found out from that. So yeah, it is quite scary that parents are actually suppliers of alcohol as well. So What have you found from your peers? So people of your age group, not necessarily parties that you go to. I do not want you to divulge anything about parties <laughs> you go to. But when you're out and about... Do you ever hear things back that you go, wow, that's from our kit or that's from our awareness? Well, um, we did do an, part of an assessment for the year 10s at our school, which was about um, safe partying. And we heard a lot of um, positive feedback from that and um, about like things that they learnt while doing it. So let me just clarify, you, des- you co-designed or designed an element that was going to be rolled out across the whole of year 10 as part of their coursework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So That's huge. Yes. Yeah. I just want to give like, you know, my hands are in the air, high praise, because trying to get something like that in the curriculum when with everything else they've got to deliver, yeah. a teacher would not do that if they did not think the content of what you were delivering was in line with what they um, was part of the wellbeing framework, but also just really valuable life skills so credit to the, the your team for actually even considering that as an option yeah and um even when we were handing them out we were there in class speaking about our project so actually telling them like about what we do and like tips that we have and resources that we have so they can actually you know help with their assessment and actually like make them think about it because they are at this age where they like should be thinking how should I be safe at these parties and they'll be looking at you as their 11s and going they're just like they're so much older and they'll have had these experiences and it's inspiring when you to, to think that people in your school and people in the year above we always there are role models so yeah. you you are role modeling active participation and being the change that you want to see in your your parties you're you're walking that talk yeah it's it's pretty amazing to be honest it is it's, it's it is great. and so regardless of what happens in america you have made such a big splash yeah. that that really anything else is a bonus because your project was about community and changing things in your community and there is no question that you've done that yeah both yeah even just opening up conversations between parents and students like we've um actually posted stuff in our school newsletter and we've had like various of our like friends and stuff tell us that their parents have asked them and you know had like a sit down and actually had a conversation with them about it so that was actually really interesting to find out it was really it was actually really good, yeah. Yeah, and just the, there's just, you know, the parents 
reading the newsletter. Yeah. That's a big tick. Yeah. Um, and showing that they're putting relevant things in the newsletter and that it's starting those conversations where, you know, I think sometimes being a parent myself, we need to know how to start those conversations because we may want to have them, but we come at them from a way of this is what you should do and this is how it is and this is how it was for me. Now, one thing I have heard and I've seen on a number of different um, uh, parenting sites is the young person saying, look, you drank when you were 17, so you can't talk. But how do you address that? I suppose it's more so like today, it's ever-changing like society. So you kind of just have to, you know, like put your foot down and say, like, I don't necessarily, like, want to do this. Like, even if their parents did that at that age, the parents should, like, not necessarily be promoting the use. They should, like, yeah, again, with, like, brain yeah. development, like, their brain isn't fully developed at that no. stage. So. And we are much more aware of that. Yes, There exactly. are things we did way back when that now we look at and go, that's crazy. I mean, cars without driving seat, without uh, seatbelts. Yeah. Yeah. The number of, I mean, as a public health initiative, the number of deaths that that reduced is enormous. Smoking, hello, <laughs> you know, and, and I think alcohol's kind of going the same way, particularly, particularly underage drinking. It turns off the part of your brain that's still developing that actually is the only bit that's making any decisions yeah. and goes yeah. to the, and sort of kind of fires up the part of your brain that says, yeah, let's do it, you only live once. Yeah, because yeah. like, even if they do like say, well, you did it, why can't I? Yes. Like we have so much more information now. That's like, right. Exactly. So. And I've learned from, from what happened to me and I'm just sharing it with you and you're going to have to make your own decisions but, you know, please don't copy me. It was messy. <laughs> All right. Now, um, so that's very cool. You've got, you've got the resources you've got to give out of your, um, your safe party pack. Yep. You, now, were you building a website? Yes, we did build a website. So um, we built a website and then uh, we presented it when we went to the national competition last mm -hmm. year. Um, but at the moment, we're kind of like, we're changing the website up a bit to um, incorporate like what we've done recently and the newer resources that we have as well. So yeah, that's happening at the moment. Okay, good. So will that be finished before you travel again? Yes, it will. <laughs> Lots of work. We're going to do some top tips about what you think adolescents should know and what you think parents should know. So we're, we're slowly, I don't know, unpicking, I think, some parents' perceptions of, yeah. you know, what you're wanting, whether you actually do want those boundaries. Because, Natalia, what you were saying there is suggesting to me is that you, we're leaving it to our teenagers to be able to stand up and say, I don't want to drink. But how cool would it be if the parents created an environment that said, this is our normal, we're not going to have alcohol at this party, and they had the full strength of that decision behind them. It gave the young person permission, even if they weren't brave enough to say it themselves, to say, oh, look, it's my parents. They're really strict. It, there's just no go. Yeah. And I think sometimes we try, as parents, we try and be too friendly and not, be, not, not know that actually we're the ones that need to put the boundaries in place so that within those boundaries, teenagers can experiment and discover and learn about making decisions and, and the consequences of those decisions. Yeah. Yep. I 
have in the studio with me today three dynamic members of the Mount St. Benedict College Future Problem Solving Team. I have got Tanay, Jessica and Natalia. We've been talking so far about what you've discovered, um, what you thought the project was going to be, what how it's changed the um, the people that you have gone out and sought to inform a lot of the decisions that you've been making and a lot of the uh, resources that you have now produced. So what you've what you have produced so far, the uh, resource pack. So the the pack that you have done the PDF copy and that you're trying to hand out to schools and get them to hand out. You've done that. You've also produced something for Year Ten cohort that's part of their that that's gone out as part of their curriculum, and you've met uh, Paul Dillon who delivers a whole load of very uh, well um, resourced and highly sought after. Um, talks, but you also opened for him, didn't you? You did a yeah, we did. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> Hello, he's a rock star in the drug and alcohol he's, world. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. Yes, yes. yes. Um, you came to the mental health youth forum and uh, spoke to our very own Matt Keen. Yeah, I mean, you know, Linda yeah. Hart, our rock star youth liaison officer. Yeah. Really, you have gone out there and found the right people. Yeah, we've done we've done quite a bit, you know, just yeah. promoting what yeah. we've been doing as well. So yep, and all the people that you've written to, the schools and the community groups like the, the PCYC, you've contacted them all, even if they haven't contacted you back, you've actually been in to actually make a, an effort with them and to yeah. let them know what's available. And, of course, you've come on the yeah. Stay in the Loop with Lucy Radio Show, which is probably the most important part of what you've done, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so let's now go for some top tips. What should adolescents know? I think a big part of it is that um, alcohol does affect your brain. And um, like recent research has shown that your brain actually doesn't stop developing until your mid-20s. And um, it's the memory part of your brain that gets affected when you drink alcohol, which is the part that you need most, particularly at... Um, this age that we're at where you're in year 11 or year 12 and you're about to do your HSC. Mm. And that's quite important. And so that thick, foggy headedness you have in class when you go, I just don't, I'm like, I'm just so uninspired or I can't do this, that actually, the, what contributes to that feeling is how you've been behaving over the weekend. It doesn't just go in your system and clear from your system straight away. Your brain is in the process of having lots of brain connections and it also prunes lots of brain connections and it might prune the wrong ones yes exactly yeah, yeah especially since um teenagers like adolescents in australia we have quite a big party culture mm. um you know especially around the sydney area and um it's very like important like because a lot of people do binge drink that's and, the biggest thing yeah. the difference isn't it that it's not just drinking it's binge drinking yeah yeah exactly because yeah, so more than four drinks in a really short amount of time can like really affect the brain which is that's quite the bad. definition yeah. of binge drinking is it four drinks, four drinks. in well it's, yeah. i mean anyone doing shots warning sign yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially if they do a lot. Yeah, yeah. which is and like, I know that that's some one of the staples of some parties, particular groups of friends. Yeah, and again, that's what they do. The peer pressure from that because yeah. oh, I see them doing it. Should I do that as well? Yeah, that's 
the kind it of looks mindset fun. that people have. Yeah. You know, they all yeah. look like they're getting on so well. And actually, I really fancy him and he's doing it. If I do it, will he think I'm really cool? I mean, all sorts of things are happening. The hormones are racing. You know, you're actually biologically designed to start wanting to date you know and so all of that in the mix with alcohol and a brain that's still learning how to make decisions yeah it can be very dangerous Mm. people can make stupid decisions if they're not under like the right mindset as well so i did read in one of the statistics uh that the the uh, vast majority of young people who had sex while they were under the influence of alcohol rejected their uh, sorry um regretted their decision and that that's a really massive consequence isn't it really yeah definitely you know so yes what else did you have on your list um yeah we've also learned that like one in four hospitalizations of 15 to 25 year olds is due to the consumption of alcohol and like mainly binge drinkings in terms of the brain development do you think that that's something that your your um school the, your the, the young people that you spoke to were they aware of that bit or was that the bit that they they were least aware of i think that's a bit that um people are kind of less aware of because i know myself i had i didn't really know a lot about this before we started the project and about how it affected your brain i mean i knew that it did but i didn't know uh, the specifics of it yeah you just think about your liver or that you felt yeah. the fact. my yeah. understanding was that we forget that it's that drinking alcohol, the fact that you feel a bit different on it, that's an allergic reaction in your body because it's having to process a poison that you're putting in your body. Now, um, you know, people just get used to it and so it becomes yeah. a bit normal. But the fact that anything changes in the, you know, the homeostasis of the way your body functions should be a warning sign. But yeah. that brain development was something I hadn't considered. And of course, the fact that you're your decision-making is different, but also your coordination is different, that that puts you most at risk. And that is reflected in those hospital statistics you were just talking about, Jessica. Yeah. And um, it was also interesting that um, people don't realise that um, drinking alcohol can affect the, like, retaining memory in their brain. Like, um, alcohol actually, like... um, prunes the um, neuropathways so yeah people I don't think I really no yeah I think it's a tumbleweed moment I remember Paul Data saying that for for us with the year 12s the year 11 and 12s and you know we, we knew that there'd been quite a big party over the weekend and you could just see most of the year 12 sit there in like awkward silence yeah. Yeah. knowing that you know they really needed that and and it's not just I mean even if you finish school and you go to university and you go yay free I can do what I want I can make my own decisions uh, those decisions still have consequences and they're yours I mean like none of these consequences relate to the people who are putting in the the rules the rules are there to support the people who are putting you know who are who are under them or perhaps not as uh, not as well versed in the consequences of the decisions they're making. Yeah, and we were able to find out like this like information um, from Paul Dillon himself. Yeah, and we listened to his talks, and he even like male and female, um, like their brains develop at different stages as well. Oh, really? Yeah, they do. So do they respond to alcohol in different ways? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
many people know that men and women can't have the same amount of alcohol in yep. the same amount of time. Yep. Like I think a standard drink for a man is like one every like hour or so. Yep. But for a female, it's like one every two hours. And it's metabolically. Yeah. Uh, process differently yeah. in the body so it's not about you know when I, I, there's a there's a um a culture of keeping up yeah, yeah. and the girls want to keep up with the boys because you know it's like it, it's, it's cool they want to seem cool yeah yeah it's, and it's not possible unless no. they get themselves in a really dangerous situation where they may end up hospitalized yeah yeah and what about food does food make a difference definitely um Another thing that Paul Dillon told us was um, one of the most important things was to before, if you're planning on drinking, before you need to eat at least a fistful of food to make sure that it's absorbed into your bloodstream slower so it's not all a hit like at once. And he also tells us like, remember, it's water time, like drink water before you're going to drink because Mm. you'll become dehydrated from like, you know, the alcohol that you've been consuming. We don't. And, you know, that there's a clever thing that I saw um, some kids behind I dropped off at a party and some kids were behind a car putting vodka in water bottles yeah. because of course everyone knows oh yeah we've got to keep hydrated but you're looking at it going no 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 That's you need to keep hydrated hydrated is the, is the thing that's going to keep you alive yes, yes yeah. exactly now, I know that when um, if and you know hopefully it never gets to this stage but if you are taken to hospital one of the things that they have to consider doing is how to hydrate you fast enough because the dehydration is actually part of the thing that's going to cause you to fit or to to have more longer term consequences yeah which is extremely terrifying when you think about it like Mm. no one should be put in that situation especially they shouldn't put themselves in that situation so what are we looking out for if if you're at a party and you've completely because you've had a drink your decision making processes have gone a little bit awol you have then continued to drink more or you've you you said you were going to look after pollyanna and then you've completely forgotten that you were supposed to be because looking after her because actually you're having trouble looking after yourself when do you, and then when you find pollyanna something's not quite right when what are the warning signs um well where's like if someone can't keep their head up when they're sitting straight in a chair, mm-hmm. um, that's like one of the big signs that they need to um, probably consider going to hospital. Yeah. And um, also like if they're like vomiting a lot and stuff like they need to. Yeah. Yeah. Their and body's really saying also something Also like there. even just like giving them like a water bottle, like a small water bottle with actual water in it mm. um, and saying like, you know, drink when you want to, like don't push them to drink because yes. that could also be worse as well yeah because it so, could make them vomit and yeah. if they're not in a position where they can get the vomit yeah. out yeah and it's also important to like have a sober friend someone who doesn't drink at all because mm-hmm. we you know people are, people are going to drink so it's important to have that one friend who's like okay i'll be the responsible one for tonight and maybe like the friendship group can each take a turn at being the sober one mm-hmm. so they can help like if you yeah. know other people in their group need help they can do that mm. yeah what about um, trying to sober them up? Were there any top tips of what not the, to do there? The only tonight? thing that does work to sober people up is time. So a lot of people think that, oh, if I give them food, if I give them coffee or a cold shower or exercise or something, that it works. But actually the liver only absorbs one standard drink an hour. So, um, and you can't speed that up. So you can only wait. Yeah, I mean that poor liver. People for <laughs> yeah. some reason try to feed their friends bread. That 
just doesn't work as well. It absorbs <laughs> and it swells up. But you see, there's a, there's a logic because when you look at bread on a Petri dish or you look at it on the side and you pour water on it, it soaks up. Yeah. So you think in your brain, oh, it's going to soak up the alcohol in yeah. my stomach. But no. no, because the alcohol has gone through your bloodstream yeah. and is and is you know having a chemical reaction in your body. It's not just what gets absorbed in your stomach. No, it's not. Yeah, and that's the thing that people need to realise mm. is that it is in your bloodstream. Yeah. So there. as it swells up, you end up just vomiting, don't yeah. you? Really, yeah. even more messy. Oh, yeah. pretty picture for a Sunday morning. I'm hoping that you're really enjoying your breakfast and your cup of tea and your slice of toast in bed if that's what you're having. <laughs> the other question, let's bring in the social media here. What about being a good friend? Um, you've turned off your location devices, but everyone's got a camera. Like, what can we do about not humiliating I mean, there are certain legal aspects in regards to social media. Like if someone is bullying or something, you can report it to that specific, you know, social media site. But like, to be honest, like the only thing you can really do is ask them, please don't do that. Like you can't, like... It comes down to decency and respect, doesn't it? it does. People need to respect others and that, like, you know, it needs to go vice versa. People just need to have that open conversation be like, look, I don't want you to do this, please. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day, can you please delete that picture? If there's a picture that you don't want up there, get it deleted. I mean, you know, it's never fully deleted, but ultimately, hopefully, there's a conversation that happens about why would you post something like that? Why would you say something like that? Because these are footprints that last for a a long time. And now when you're looking for a job when they've got so many CVs, part of the cull is that they look at the social media. Yeah, they do, which is quite scary because what some, like, teenagers post, you know, it's... If if people, like, look at that for their job, like, Mm -hmm. interview, people might just be like, that's not really necessary what I... I want my company to reflect. No. And so they could just judge a person off a photo that they posted, which isn't... No, off a photo that they posted, off a time in their life when their brain was still learning how to make good decisions. You know, there are a lot of... That's right, that's right. Okay, so the privacy settings you cover in your booklet, don't you? So that resource is actually a very good one for for what... um, I mean, it does come down to to being accountable and responsible for your own behaviour and your own action. But now we might go to the parental responsibilities and what parents should know because wouldn't it be wonderful if as parents having a few more years on this planet, we can offer the framework that means that you can learn by your mistakes and they not be lifelong consequences. I mean, I think that's the framework that we can give you as parents. So um, obviously we know that statistically they're most likely to be the main provider of alcohol. Do we, what would you say to that? As young people, what would you say to your parents or how would you get a young person to talk to their parents about maybe being that person that says no alcohol in our house? Um, well, I think that parents should, um, I think that that's why we're talking to parents as well because it's um, hard for a young person to go up to their parents, but I think that this uh, helps open the conversation so that they can, so they say, oh, look, I saw this mm. and should we really be doing that? Like, Yeah, and that's exactly what we want to do, open the conversation out to parents, adolescents and, you know, even like the school communities and 
whatnot. And they decide so. what they're going to do that's right for yeah. their family. Exactly. So, like, it's different for every person. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents, uh, the, the, well, the parenting talks that I've been to with alcohol, the one that always gets trotted out is, you know, in Europe, they, they don't have the same problem with binge drinking and they let their children uh, drink wine at the dinner table. Well, I grew up in Europe, so I have a very uh, good, firm basis for talking about this. There is a major problem with long-term alcohol dependency in yeah. places um, like France and Europe. It's yeah, not. so I guess because they've been doing it at such a young age, they think it's normal, so yes. they're just going to keep on doing it throughout their lifetime. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, like, it's better, you know, just maybe take a break, just don't drink for once. Well, consider the liver. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> your poor liver. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think as well, just because something works in one country... Um, all the countries are different. So just because yeah. it does work in one place doesn't mean it's going to work everywhere else as well. No. So, yeah. We do. Otherwise, we're followers, aren't we? Let's yeah. just let's just be, let's just live the way we want to live and not try and justify what we're doing because another country's done it or another yeah. place has done it. What's right? What's the loving and true way to be? And then let's make decisions based on that rather than, because, you know, the normal was to smoke. Yeah, and now but it's not. But now yeah. it's not. So what if we're the ones that bring in the new normal and say, actually, you know, parents trying to hold back um, and, inc- and encourage a, um, a party atmosphere and a party potential without alcohol, that that's the normal, that, that maybe we're the ones, we're the generation that can do that. Yeah, exactly. That'd be... All based on Mountain Benedict yeah. <laughs> resource pack. <laughs> Very cool. Um, now, registering parties, that's the other thing parents can do. Tell yes. us how they do that. So there's a website called My Night and they have to register, I think it's at least four days beforehand. Okay. And um, it basically says, you know, this is the party, how many people are coming, if they have security or not, um, which is also another important aspect. People need to realise that they should have security. Okay. Like, Where could they get their security from? Um, if they rent out places such as a hall, they mm-hmm. will usually provide. They won't let people host a party unless they do have security. Okay. I and mean... Oh, I was going to say as well, you can often buy like party packs which have like security and like the venue and a lot of stuff that just comes in the hole. In the pack. Yeah. 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 Where should you not get your security guards from? That's a good question. Can I suggest the year above? Or, yeah. or, or not, the rugby not team. Your own age, no. no, or yeah. the rugby Higher team, or the football team. Yeah, hire, hire people that actually are not doing. going to say, "Oh, look, it's just teenage behaviour." Yeah. Like you yeah. need to be able to have an make an allowance for that, but they need to have a fully developed adult brain. So yeah. I always say over twenty four. Yeah, you know, so many parties that uh, I've seen have major consequences. Have been, you know, oh no, that my son's in. You know, my son's at, you know, second or third year uni. He and his mates are going to do it and it's just disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Parents should probably know the law around. Yeah, they definitely should. Yeah, in our safe party kit, we've got um, a tip of, like a page of legal tips. And um, yeah, so alcohol isn't supposed, you're not supposed to supply it to anybody under 18. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, there actually are legal fines that will... They're quite substantial fines, like $11,000 or something, aren't they? They're big fines. Rightly so. Mm. And I know we said as well about students should know about brain development, but also 
parents should know about that because that's also important for them. A good reason to hold your ground. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, you're on, my, you're on my case about making sure that I revise and I get the thing. But the, on the other hand, you're sending me with four cans of beer to this party. Like, <laughs> hello. Yeah. Another yeah, thing exactly. as well is if they are going to supply a party, like if it's like an 18-year-old, like birthday party and they have people who are underage, yes. having wristbands as well. Absolutely. Wristbands are a great idea. And I think a non-alcoholic cocktail, because to be honest with you, the sugar hit that you get from a non-alcoholic cocktail is (laughs) pretty cool. Add bubbles to it. Hello. You know, (laughs) I haven't drunk alcohol in years and I get bubbles and sugar and I'm like on the table dancing. I, you know, so but we have to remember that you can have just as much fun um, with, you know, if you're clever and you think of actually what would be a great drink Mm. to have. And it's, Mm. Uh, yeah, and what does make a great party? I don't think alcohol always makes a great party. The people make yeah. the great yeah. party. And, yeah, and having that parental supervision as well because many parents will be like, oh, I don't really need to be here. Mm. Like they can do their own thing. Mm. They need to be there. They need to supervise just to make sure, you know, nothing like actually does happen. Like, And they should be there to watch out, especially if alcohol is being served. Yes. And, oh, and I think as well, if you've got a party and there are people you are serving alcohol and you do have people drinking alcohol, providing um, like mocktails, which look similar. So nobody actually knows that you're not drinking alcohol and that way you won't feel pressured by anybody else. You just be like, oh, I'm sorted. I've got my own. We forget about that, don't we? Again, it's the standing out thing. Look, you know, we we want to encourage people to stand out and be bold and be themselves. But equally, sometimes it's a bit tricky. Sometimes you need a little bit of support to do that. Look, um, I thank you so much. You have been extraordinary today. Arthur, thank you for your contribution today. Jessica Curran, thank you. And Natalia Bennett, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing how you go in a couple of weeks. I'm It'll be awesome. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yes, thank yes, you very much. I would thank love you, you too. Now, listen, when you consider parents are the most likely supplier of alcohol for 12 to 17-year-olds, and alcohol contributes to the three major causes of teen death, when you consider that over 84% of teens are online and 74% of 14 to 17-year-olds have consumed alcohol in the past, these future problem solvers have hit on a really hot topic. But are we going to listen? Or are we going to say this doesn't apply to me? Or are we going to find it too hard? to say no to our kids uh, when actually they may be wanting us to support them at a time where they're transitioning from uh, teenagers to young adults. And consider this, we've just had a young team of, of women do the research for us. They're telling us what matters. They're telling us about brain development, about social development, about physical health. And if we want the best for our children, then surely it is in this area that we can be on the front foot. I'll post all the links on the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website for us to to look at afterwards. But in the meantime, thank you for coming in. Be awesome at the International Future Problem Solvers Convention in Wisconsin in June. And we can follow you up on social media, I'm assuming. Do you have any social media shout-outs you want to do? Um, Yeah, there's Wise Decisions on Facebook. And what's our Instagram? The Instagram's just Wise Decisions, but it has two Ws. And that's the same with the Snapchat. Okay, fabulous. Well, I shall again put links to both of those. Now, a couple of other things that are happening around the area I'll just tell you very quickly about. We have got um, St. Lucie's Parliament House Lunch. The guest speaker is Frank Calabria, Managing Director and CEO of Origin Energy. 
The MCs are Anton Tagliaferro and Luke Dinan. And our host is Alistair Henskins, who's our local parliamentary member. Um, It's in the strangers' dining room. It's a lunch, so please arrive at 11.45. The price uh, is not on this sheet of paper, but I think it's about $125, but it's going to help fund the new classroom development because St. Lucy's is going year from kindy all the way through to year 12. So if you're interested in that, please go to the um, St. Lucy's website and have a look for that or email community at stlucys.nsw.edu.au. Um, the other one is that Lifeline is having a massive blockbuster one, $1 book clearance sale at Hornsby on the... Uh, it's actually next weekend from 8 till 4 p.m. So if you can go down, just one gold coin will buy, will buy you... Um, uh, any of your books. Uh, it's a proper clearance sale, Saturday 26th to Sunday 27th of May from 8 till 4 both days at the Hornsby War Memorial Hall, which is next to Hornsby RSL. And all money raised is going to Lifeline and their ever-increasing community demands, including suicide prevention, their 24-7 crisis hotline of 13, 11, 14. Next week's show... Um, I'm actually going to be away next weekend. I'm going to uh, do contribute to a discussion about anxiety and stress for well-being for women in Sydney at Wallara Library. Now, you're more than welcome to join me. I would love to see you there. I will post a link to that um, on the website. It's going from 10.30 till 1pm, which obviously means that I can't do my show because I won't get there in time. But would love to see you live. And the show the week after will be on smoking and addictions with our regular guest, Jean Gamble, who is a psychotherapist. That's on the 10th of June. Uh, tune in live on Triple H 100.1 at 8.30 a.m. or listen later in the day via the Stay in the Loop with Lucy podcast or wherever you tune in to get them. Don't forget, I'm on iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher and tune in. It's always pertinent at this point to remind ourselves that whatever has or is happening to us in our lives, we are and always will be us. Constantly learning, but underneath, in our essence, we are amazing. The key is to reconnect to that space and learn to build a relationship with our body that holds that essence so that we can recognize when our body's trying to tell us something's not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health. And by responding, we can build the tools to address what we do not yet feel equipped to manage because, of course, most likely we do have the skills, we just don't have the confidence to apply them. Look for support in the community, it is there, and so time to open up to that support as we've heard from the girls this morning and learn to build trust again. That way we don't wait for life to come to us. We take ourselves to life and be the change we want to see. Till next week's show, be kind, be caring. Be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.